I'm going to be preaching to you out of Jonah chapter 3. And, and I want to encourage you, this is Friday. I'm preaching this on Friday. But come Sunday, I want you to go to church somewhere. There's a church out there, Brother Steve Brewer out there on Camp 8 Road. There's churches uh, uh, everywhere around. And when I preach this sermon, you're going to understand why I'm trying to tell you to get into church. I'm trying to tell you, you need to get into church. You need to get somewhere. You need to get, uh, how can they hear without a preacher? You got to get in there. It is time. I'm talking about it is high time. It's past time for us to get ready. Our children are going to hell. Our grandparents, people our age, people are dying all the time. Everywhere I look, every time I hear, there's another person passed away. It was a car wreck. Do you understand? Somebody somewhere right now is getting news that someone's passed away. Someone right now somewhere just had a heart attack. Someone somewhere right now... Just hit a pine tree in a car. Do you understand that, hey, you got the time to die. It's appointed that the man wants to die and then judgment. I'm trying to talk to you this morning about repentance. I'm trying to tell you it's time to turn. It's time to stop. Look, John the Baptist, he told the Pharisees, where is your fruit of repentance? Bearing your fruit of repentance. When you repent, there should be some fruit that comes with that. When you repent, that means you stop doing something. When you repent, that means you say, I'm repenting from my anger. Therefore, you no longer have anger. So you have the fruit of joy instead of the fruit of anger. Amen. Whenever you repent from something, when you repent from lying, then all of a sudden you have a, a, a fruit of truth. Jesus said, let ye yea be nay, yea, and ye nay be nay. Do you understand? Understand that when you repent, there'll be fruit. People will see the fruit of repentance. You'll have a new heart. You'll be a new man. That the the teachings and, and the preachings today, they say get saved and don't worry about nothing else. Just get saved and you got it. Nay, I say the Bible tells us you got to repent. You got to turn. And once you get saved, that's when it's starts now you got to work it says move toward holiness you got to be sanctified you got to be christ-like you don't get to get saved and still drink the cold beer you don't get to get saved and still sleep around and not be married you don't get to get saved and still look at pornography those are not the fruit of repentance amen when the fruit of repentance comes those are the things you don't want to do you start loving what jesus loves and hates what Jesus hates. You start reading your Bible, and the more you read the Bible, you read what a dirty, rotten scoundrel you were, and you start realizing how great God is that he would save a wretched man like me, a wretched man like you. The more you read the Bible, the more you read how much God loves you. And here we are in the book of Jonah. Jonah didn't want to preach to the Ninevites. Jonah knew that the Ninevites hated the Christians, but Jonah knew what God would do. 
Who knows what God can do with this generation. I want you to look at the generation God give us to preach to. We got a generation of people that can't identify if they're a man or a woman. We got a generation of people that would rather play video games than work a job. We got a generation of men that can't change a tire on a car. I'm telling you, we got a generation coming up and it's our fault. Because we didn't teach them. It's the preacher's fault because we told them, oh, if you just get saved, that's all. We've been just evangelizing. We've been evangelizing for years. Get saved, get saved, get saved. But we haven't taught them to be disciples. We haven't taught them how to walk. We haven't taught them what a Christian is supposed to do. All we've been saying is get saved, get saved, get saved. And I'm glad they're saved, but there's no fruit of repentance therefore the next generation they see daddy saved but daddy's still watching dirty movies and when i'm talking about dirty movies i'm talking about movies that, where they cussing and, and and saying god's name in vain i ain't even talking about pornography i'm talking about just regular tv i'm trying to watch a movie last night and and, and all of a sudden it was a good movie and all of a sudden these two girls just out of nowhere, just started kissing on each other. And I'm trying to watch. They haven't cussed. They haven't done nothing wrong. The movie was great. Here I am watching a movie with four of my grandbabies, and all of a sudden two lesbians start getting it on. I'm telling you, they push that. That's of the devil. Do you not know that the devil is the king of the airways? He's the prince of this world. Do you not know that this is what he uses? Listen to me. The, 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 we, you know, we had the Bronze Age. We had the Iron Age. We had the Copper Age. But this is the Information Age. And we can't handle it. We can't handle all this information that comes through Facebook and, and, and Twitter and all these other things. And, 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 and we get bombarded with too much information and our brain can't comprehend it. And we believe everything that comes, everything that you hear must be true because you heard it. Just because you heard it don't mean it was true. We take this information and we misuse it and it's killing us, it's destroying us. Just because you hear it, don't make it true. The only thing that's true is your Bible. The only thing true in this world is Jesus Christ. Stay focused. Hebrews 12 says, stay focused on the author and the finisher of your faith. I'm telling you, there can be an opportunity for this generation to repent. I'm telling you, Nineveh was a nation that was worse than, than you can possibly imagine. Nineveh was full of Gentiles. This was a non-covenant group of people. They were not Jews. And God sent Jonah. And Jonah didn't want to go. Just in case you don't know the story, Jonah didn't want to go. So instead of going, he he bought a ticket to go to Tarshish. He was in a boat. He went the other way. He didn't want to go because he knew that God would change these people. You see, Jonah didn't listen to the Bible. Jonah didn't listen to the law. It said, love your neighbors, you love yourself. That was in the law then. 
Jonah didn't want them saved because they hated Christians. They killed Christians by the thousands, but Jonah didn't want to go. So Jonah run from the Lord. How many of you are running from your calling? How many of you know that you've been called to do something, but you're running from it? But you see, God's going to get you. See, Jonah got in this ship, and he went down. And he was asleep, and all of a sudden this storm come up, and these sailors knew this wasn't a normal storm. They knew there was something different about this storm. And they prayed to their gods, and nothing changed. And they went down in the bottom of the ship, and Jonah's asleep. And they woke him up, and they asked him who he was and where he was from, and he told them who his God was. And they got they got scared, and they said, you need to pray. And Jonah said, it's my fault that this storm is here. And he said, throw me overboard. And they didn't do it, but finally when they did, they threw him over the board. And the seas ceased. Now, I don't know what kind of fish it was. I hear all these stupid arguments over it. It couldn't have been a whale and all look. God made the universe. He can make a fish or a whale big enough to put a man in it. This ain't no lie. Jonah was in the belly of a fish. You can call it a whale. You can call it whatever. I don't care, but I believe he was in the belly of some type of fish. It may have been the only fish made just for that. But he went into that fish for three days. And in them three days, he realized what happened and he repented and he remembered the covenant. He remembered the good days. He remembered his prayers. He remembered walking with the Lord. And Jonah repented and, and, and the whale and spit him out. Can you imagine being spit out of a whale? How he must have smelt. How he must have looked. And the Bible says here in chapter 3, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. He said, Go tell them what I said. See, he told him a second time. The first time he told him he run, but this time Jonah said, I'm going to do it. This is a reluctant preacher. This is a preacher that don't want to do it. This prophet is not wanting to do what God is telling him, but he's doing it anyway. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city of three days journey. So you can figure in three days journey, that means walking for three days that city may have been as big as 60 miles, maybe 45 miles. A man can walk, a good man can probably walk 20 miles a day. But let's say he just walked 15 miles a day or 10 miles a day. That city's still 30 miles out. So Nineveh was a very large place. I've even heard that it was up to 600,000 people when I studied about Nineveh. But no matter what you hear, Nineveh, what he said was a three days journey. So it was a large city with a large group of people. And, and Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. Listen to what he did. He walked a whole day. He walked into the middle of the city. He didn't stay at the edge. He went on in there. He got in there. He got in there where he could get it good. He got in the middle. 
of this city where he could be heard. And Jonah began to enter the city a day's journey and he cried. He hollered out. He said, hey. He said, and Nineveh, and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He told him 40 days and God's going to overthrow the city of Nineveh. All y'all going to be destroyed in 40 days. So the people of Nineveh believed God. Listen to me. This is what they did that people ain't doing now. They believe God. You see, people don't believe today that they're in the hands of an angry God. They think, oh, I can just get saved. I can say this certain word. I can confess it, and that's all I got to do. And I can still drink, and I can steal, and I can cuss, and God's grace will cover me. I'm telling you, you've been told a lie. If you're saved, your fruit will bear it. If you're saved, you'll be Christ-like. If you're saved, you'll be a new creature. Old things will pass away. All things will become new. If you're saved, you will be bringing forth fruits of repentance. You won't be lying. You won't be stealing. You won't be doing these things. I'm trying to tell you, you need to repent every day. Every day you wake up and say, I don't want to be this person who I am. I'm not there I'm not there yet I don't think I know nobody is because only Jesus was perfect I got things I got to repent from I got things that I'm working on daily I work on them because the sincerity of a Christian is his willingness to change. You got to be willing to kill that old man, every part of him. The thoughts in your mind, the things that you say, the anger that you have, the rumors that you tell. Stop bearing false witness. If somebody told you something, you can't repeat it because you didn't see it. That's breaking one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Oh, we see, we hear something on Facebook. It's got to be true. So we bear false witness and we say, hey, this is what's happening. You didn't see it. So how can you prove it? You see, that's how come we got so much confusion. That's why we can't comprehend the information age. They put out stuff and we eat it up and believe it. Turn that TV off. Turn that Facebook off. Turn the, the, the news, whatever it is you got, and get in your Bible. Because none of that will get you to heaven. The most important thing you could ever read is the Word of God. Get that King James Version out and read your Bible. It don't matter what's going on in the world. The world will send you to hell. The only thing that you need to be worried about is, is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Are you going to heaven? Do you know it to be a fact? Are you repenting daily? Are you Christ-like? Do people look at you and say, there goes a man of God or do they even know you go to church you see these people believe Jonah they believe God do you believe God does your life say I believe God I'm asking you do you do you believe are you repenting have you stopped lying have you stopped cheating are you going to church with someone you ain't married to? 
Do you have any conviction of wrongdoing? Can you lie and not feel bad about it? You see, that's 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 not a Christian heart. A Christian, if he lies, oh, he's going to feel so bad about it. A Christian, if he bears false witness, a Christian, if he does something wrong, it should break your heart to do sin. Your sin should not be... Matter of fact, let me tell you, Paul said... It, don't let sin be named once among you. Don't Sin should not be in your domain. It shouldn't be in your life. It shouldn't control you. Can you possess your vessel? Can you tell yourself, no, I'm not going to drink. No, I'm not going to lie. No, I'm not. But let me tell you what they did. Watch what they did after this. So the people... Of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast. When's the last time you fasted or have you ever fasted? Have you ever got your body under control? Have you ever fasted and told yourself, no, I'm not going to eat? Because you see, when you can tell yourself, no, I'm not going to eat, that means you can start controlling what you can and can't do. Fasting gets you under control. Fasting kills that old man. And they and they said they proclaimed to fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. They, they didn't want to be comfortable. They didn't want to wear the silky clothes. They wanted to feel the agony. They wanted to feel the pain of their sin. They 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 wanted to 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 to, to feel it. You see, when you commit a sin, you should feel it. It should hurt you. When you say something ugly to somebody, do you go back and apologize and say, Look, man, I'm sorry about that. I'm just having a bad day. Please forgive me. See, the Bible said before you have aught with your brother, you take the, you leave your gift at the altar. And then you go get it right with your brother before you pray for forgiveness. Do you say something at work and just let it go because you're a man? Just going back and telling somebody you're sorry, does that hurt your pride? Are you too proud to go tell somebody you're sorry for something you did? See, that takes a man. That takes somebody strong to go back and do that. See, to be a Christian means you have to be disciplined on the word of God. We got loose, what's it called, greasy grace. I heard somebody call it one time to where we think we can just say these words and you're saved and greasy grace to cover you no matter what you do. I've heard a man say he couldn't go to hell if he tried. I heard a man say that he was saved even though he was doing heroin. I heard that man that was lost. Let me tell you something. God couldn't look at his own son when he bore our sin on the cross. That's why Christ cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's the only time Jesus Christ called God God. He always called him Father. 
But whenever he took our sins on the cross, God had not look at Jesus in sin. His son, his only begotten son that he lived with for eternity, he had to turn his face. If he couldn't look at Jesus Christ full of sin, why do you think he could look at us when we're in our sin? He can't. Either he sees you in Adam, he sees you in sin, or he sees you in Jesus. He sees you in the blood. Either you're in the blood or you're in the Adam. You're you're still in the dirt. You're still part of the world. What are you? You can't be in both. You can't straddle the fence. Either you have repented and you have surrendered and you have believed the word of God and you are Christ-like and you are trying every day to to live by faith because it is impossible to please God without faith. Are you trying every day to please God? Or are you trying to please yourself? Are you trying to please your kids? Are you trying to please your wife? Or are you more worried about your kids getting to a ball game? Or are you more worried about your kids getting into some kind of program than you are about teaching them about Christ? Are you more worried about treating your wife right than you are about telling her about the Lord? Are you more worried about the things of this life, getting promotions, making money, whatever it is? What are you putting before God? Because whatever it is, is your God. That's your idol. And you ain't in Christ. You're in Adam. He said, verse 6, For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he slayed his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. The king heard it. And the king repented. This place of Nineveh, a demonic, devilish, sinful place, repented. And right, let me hurry up and get down here. I fixed my out of time. He said, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. He sent out the word. He said, let neither, neither man nor beast Herd nor flock taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. He told them, he said, every one of you cry out to God and repent from your violence. Repent from your evil. He said, everybody cry. Let me tell you what. If everybody that goes to church that calls himself a Christian, if we would cry out to God, you would see a move across this nation you would see a move you would see a revival but nobody's crying they come to church to hear a little word and they get back in their car and they 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 light up their joints or they turn on the the secular music like nothing happened they go to church but they never bear the fruit of repentance what is wrong is your heart that hardened is your heart so hardened that the word of God don't even touch you no more? 
Oh, if it is, you need to take a lesson from these people right here. You need to get on your face and cry out to God. My God, my God, I need to repent. I want to turn from this. This ain't who I want to be. I need you, Jesus. I need to quit my line. I need to quit homosexuality. I need to quit fornicating. I need to quit doing dope. I need to quit lying. Whatever it is you are doing, you need to repent. You may not have tomorrow. And I'm not talking about the rapture. Yes, I believe it could come any minute. But these people are dying every minute of the day. There's no telling how many people died across the world since I've been preaching. Do you realize how many people died across the world that went to hell just since I started preaching? We need to do our jobs. We need to start crying out to God. We need to be preaching. Listen to me, preachers. Listen to me, associate pastors. Listen to me, leaders of the church. Listen to me, deacons, elders, bishops. Tell your people to repent. Tell them to stop with their evil ways. If they leave church, let them leave church. But please preach the truth to them. Tell them their sin separates them from God. Tell them they're going to hell if they don't stop living the way they're living. They can't fornicate. They can't be homosexuals. They, I don't care if you're the only one there. Preach to yourself. But please tell the truth. Because there's people in your church that's going to go to hell. How sad is that when the Bible says not all to say, Lord, Lord, enter in. And they said, didn't we do cast out devils? And, and he said, flee from me, you workers of iniquity. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to us. Because we didn't repent. We didn't do what was right. Listen to verse 9. Who can tell if God will turn and repent? See, if he come today, how many of your kids would go to hell? Your husband, your wife, your parents. What if we cried out and our children got saved before the Lord come back? What if we cried out and he pushed rapture back? A couple of more years to get a few more people saved. Who can tell? Who can tell? God can do what he wants to. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? Who can tell if God may push back the rapture and we preachers can preach Holy Ghost, fire and brimstone, we can preach the cross. We can preach the blood. Who can tell that if we get out there and we cry out to God and we tell the people to repent, we tell them to stop their violence, stop their evil, watch their mouth, tame that tongue. Who can tell what God will do? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he has said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Who can tell? I want to go home today. I want to see the Lord right now. But there's some people I love that I believe in my heart. Now, I can, I'm not God, 
but they're not bearing no fruit of repentance. They have no fruit. Matthew 7 says a man will have fruit if he's a Christian. Let's preach. Let's preach the truth. Amen. We'll close in prayer. Father God in heaven, we thank you. We love you. And Father, help us, Lord, to let this word go forth that people may cry out and repent. Who knows what you can do? You can put the rapture off a few more days, a few more weeks, a few more years, and let time go that we can have the people we love get saved. But Lord, you may come today. Let us be ready for whenever you come. Because you're coming back for a pure wife. Not, not, not one with spots. Not one with blemishes. You're coming for a pure wife. Father, help us repent that we may be pure enough to be called in the rapture. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I love you. God bless y'all.